Hi, welcome to Everything's Messy podcast. I'm Sarah. So glad that you're listening today. So full disclosure, I had a different episode lined up for you today, but I've been having serious technical difficulties. So I'm just going to roll with it and we're going to switch gears a little bit here. So if you uh, didn't have a chance to listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Really great interview with Devon Taylor talking about the book that he wrote, uh, Icarus Finds His Power, and just a great, great uh, interview overall. So if you didn't get a chance, go back and look at, uh, listen to that. And uh, for today, I thought, so we're well underway for Type 1 Diabetes Awareness Month, and I actually think you could probably just, you know, blanket it all with just Diabetes Awareness Month. So much going on with that. There's some great challenges out there. Uh, and really quickly, I think a lot of times with any chronic illness, right, we are so quick to, you know, feel like we have failed or feel like we're not doing enough or we're, we're, we need to do more. And I think we need to take a moment and just celebrate the tiny little victories or progress that we do have with any chronic illness. I think that's really important. So just make sure that you're taking the time to celebrate even the tiniest of victories and let's try and make that negative self-talk, change our mindset, and be better about it. So a little bit for today, I'm going to kind of go back into the food things that we were talking about. So for me, as you know, being on an insulin pump, my sugar, my blood sugar goes in all different directions depending on what I'm eating. So part of the problem is, obviously, that dirty, dirty word, carbohydrates, right? Carbohydrates really do a number even in the greatest and purest form that they are, they're still going to elevate our blood sugar a little bit, right? So when we're talking about carbohydrates, really quick, there's different types. You have starches, which are usually your potatoes, rice, pasta, bread, like the bad stuff, right? There are some vegetables that do come in the form of that, corn, things like that. Um, and then you've got simple sugars that have um, in your fruit, your fruit juice, honey, um, if you're into like syrups with molasses and things like that is your simple sugars. And then of course, there is fiber that also has uh, carbohydrates, um, definitely in vegetables, grains, beans, nuts, seeds, things like that. So all of these things, um, we can, you know, affect our blood sugar. And it's really important to realize, even those who are doing paleo or keto, that's part of the reason why um, they're trying to, you know, reduce their weight, have a better lifestyle, because they're trying to stay away from those carbohydrates. So when is a carbohydrate good? Well, if you are starting to get uh, low blood sugar, you start to feel shaky, things like that. Any sort of carbohydrate will help bring that back up out of the danger zone, right? So that's when it can be good. There are also, quote unquote, good carbs um, or different things that are listed on um, the glycemic index. These things that are listed on the glycemic index sort of give you a range and it tells you by by their rating, which one is better for our body to consume, which one isn't, or which one will really have an effect on our blood sugar. And so th that's a really good chart to refer to if um, that's something that's important to you. So and the only reason I'm talking about carbs really quickly is it is very hard to, especially if you're newly diagnosed, it's very hard to shift from not paying attention maybe or not having to worry about how much fruit, things like that, to then all of a sudden being slammed up against a wall and having to be very close, paying close attention to 
um, every little thing that you're eating. And that can become so overwhelming. So I just wanted to give just a quick rundown on that and why that um, is important, why uh, we do strive to have a low-carb diet. And there's a myriad of people out there who don't have any chronic illness who are still striving to have a low-carb diet. And I think that's important on all fronts. This you know, it, when I was growing up, it was all low fat. So they encouraged you to eat pasta because that was low fat. Little did I know at the time, the pasta was just spiking blood sugar so incredibly bad. Okay, it might have been low fat, but it was not doing anything. I mean, unless you're out there running marathons or, you know, extreme exercise, that's not going to do anything. But of course, we know the carb turns to sugar and the sugar will turn to fat. So we just that that's just a terrible way of doing things. The low fat was just not good. Plus, we've come to learn that not all fat is bad for us. And in in the correct forms that we eat, it is actually the best nutrients that we can give our body, right? So let's go on from that. And really quickly, I wanted to say, if you don't have a history in your family of type one, and I just want to, you know, say this really quickly, Neither did we. There was nobody in my family. I think, like I had mentioned before, there was a great, great aunt that they suspected may have had it, but there was never any confirmation of anything like that. And we're talking several generations removed. You do not have to have any history in your family to have type 1 diabetes. There, It is an autoimmune disease that just depends on the environment and how it will attack, but there does not have to be any history. So if you suspect, if you um, look at the signs, I posted the signs last week, we're talking extreme thirst, constantly needing to urinate, feeling just an unbelievably amount of fatigue, and then of course the extreme weight loss. If you're seeing these signs in yourself and anybody that you know in kids, make sure you're getting tested. There are um, glucometer machines that they sell at CVS or Walgreens or anything like that. You can, you know, go and just do a quick finger prick and just get a baseline and see if there is a cause to go to the doctor. And then, of course, if it's, um, you know, abnormal, you should go into the doctor. So just be, just be mindful of that, not to scare anybody. Um, it seems to be affecting more kids and more people that are even not uh, juveniles than it ever has before. I don't know if that has to do with the way that we can detect it so we're able to catch things before that maybe we weren't, or is something else going on? Because again, this comes back to an autoimmune disease, and it, it is something else going on in our food and in, in our environment. Why is there such an uptick in cases? And it, it's really frustrating that they can't with all of the technology and all of the scientific things that we have going on for us, they aren't able to not only pinpoint it, they're not able to cure it, and they're not able to even say, you know, oh, because your grandpa had it, then maybe you'll have it, maybe you. I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason, and it's very, very frustrating. Um, and so that's why we have to make sure we're on top of things and just, you know, look out for the signs is the best that I can say. Make sure you're watching for the signs. So now switching gears from that, because I could talk on and on about that, uh, let's go really quickly and talk about what other things you can do to have that talk with yourself about mindset, no matter the illness that you're dealing with. And maybe not even illness. Maybe you're just in an emotional situation that's really dragging you down. The couple things that I want to just get out there 
And I really want to emphasize why negative self-talk is so terrible, how it can completely bring us down and put us just in a funk. And we'll stay there depending on how we're treating and talking to ourselves, right? So first, I want to start with, and I heard this many years ago, and it has just stuck with me. But let's talk about rejection. Rejection is one of those things where you are completely powerless, you have no control whatsoever, and it's just something that's going to happen to you. And this could be rejected from a job that you really wanted. It could be rejected in a relationship that you really wanted, in a friendship. Rejection is everywhere all across the board. And here's what I like to say about rejection. Rejection is protection. And what I mean by that is maybe, just maybe, you were rejected from a job that you really wanted because that job was not for you. Something bad might be happening. You never know the reason. But you, if you change your perspective just a little bit, if you turn it around just a little bit and you say, you know, there's a reason. I may not like it. I don't I don't like that I didn't get what I want, but just maybe there's a reason and there's some sort of protection going on for me why I was rejected, okay? And then like I said, you can carry that across to in a relationship. You might be, you know, head over heels, really want this relationship to happen, and the other person just isn't feeling it and they, you know, sever ties or whatever it is. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing that you didn't waste your time, they didn't waste their time, and that somewhere along the line, it wasn't going to be good for either one of you. So you were got early protection for yourself. And that way, you don't have to go through maybe what would have been waiting for you on the other side of that door, right? So let's just try to keep that mindset. Let's try to turn it on its head. Let's keep our, you know, levels up if we can, as far as that self-talk that we're giving to ourselves, because you never know how damaging you can be doing to not only your mental state, but your physical state as well. Our inner talk to ourselves is so powerful. And I just feel like the more kinder that we can be to ourselves, the better off we're going to be across the board. Are you allowed to have bad days? Absolutely. Are you allowed to suffer disappointment and anger and all those terrible feelings? Of course. My point is try not to stay there, try to turn it on its head, make it better, because in the long run, in the very, very long run, you're only doing damage to yourself. You're only hurting yourself. So we got to pick ourselves up, straighten our crown. We have to make sure that we don't let us stop us. We take that next step and we keep moving forward. No matter what the pace is, we have to keep moving forward. And again, that goes across the board to anything that you might be feeling, right? So the next thing is, what are you doing? What are you leaning on when you do have a bad situation? What is going to bring you out of that funk? So I can hear some of you going, yeah, yeah, that's great. I can tell myself all day long how great AOP doesn't mean I believe it. Yo, you're right. You're right. And sometimes even trying to fake it till we make it, it doesn't always work. So what are you putting into action that is going to help you get to that fake it till you make it where you're actually going to make it and you're starting to believe again? Because that's the point, right? So the three steps that I think help, right, put an action plan. First, you have to let go of whatever it is, right? And that's really hard to do. I speak from experience. I still struggle with it sometimes. But for our own selves, if you can completely and utterly let whatever it is, the rejection, the pain, the you know frustration, whatever it is, if you can let that go, that is the great 
first step towards moving forward, right? The second step would be what new things, try something different to get you out of your routine of whatever might be. Very small. If you're a coffee drinker, maybe switch to tea. If you're a tea drinker, maybe switch to a latte. Do something different in your routine because that's going to wake your brain up. It's going to make your brain go, oh, we're, oh, this is something different. And it's going to create different synapses and different things that you're going to think about. That is the key, right? We need to get out of the funk that we're in and try something different. It could be as easily, like I said, as switching a drink. It could be go take a walk. It could, now you're going to start running. Maybe you're going to go cycling. Maybe you're going to try a class. Maybe you're going to go do pottery. Whatever that new thing is, that new interest, something, whatever you've been dying to try and you didn't do it before, try it. Just see, even if you pick up a book about it, maybe the, you know you don't have the funds to go actually do it, but you can go to the library and you can read about it. Anything new that you can put into that brain space to give you something different to try, I encourage you to do that because you will be amazed at how even if you want to call it a distraction, right? You will be amazed at the, what the distraction can do for our brain, especially if we're feeling bad about ourselves. And that is key. That's important right? And the last thing is don't suffer through it alone. And I know that's easier said than done. But if it's, you know, really heavy, if it's so, you know, unbearable, suffering through it alone will keep you in that space because you have no one to bounce it off. You have nobody to make you laugh through the tears. You have no reach out to somebody. Doesn't matter how little you would be surprised how you can relate to somebody else by just trying to reach out to somebody and be like, hey, this happened to me. It sucks. Can can I, you know, vent to you? Can you be my sounding board? And most often people will want to do that. And if you don't have anybody to do that, get in touch with me. I will listen. I'll be happy to be your sounding board. I will be happy to make crude and inappropriate jokes to make sure that you're laughing through whatever the mess is that you're going through because it's all messy no matter what it is. But the point is trying to get our mindset better to find that strength through the mess to get through to the other side. And then when you are on the other side and you're feeling better, you make sure that you're in a space to give back whether to the person that helped you or to someone else, pay it forward, whatever you can do, that's the, that's a really good thing to do. You can also, with the new thing that I was talking about, and it's I want to go back and mention this really quick because this has helped me. When you're in that funk, serving others, going out and doing something for somebody else could be your new thing, and that is huge. When we start to think about others, it seems, at least in my experience, there's always somebody going through something worse than I thought I was going through. And it puts things in perspective for you. It makes you think, geez, I, I don't have anything to complain about, which isn't true. You need to get it off your chest. But keeping it in perspective, keeping it into the, the mindset of, you know, if I go out and I serve, you know, it could be as little as, you know, let's say you love animals. Maybe you're going to go down to the animal shelter just see what they might need help with, cuddle a cat, something like that. It could be as big as, you know, the community, if there's some, you know, things that you want to get involved in, but it could be as little as just being there for a friend who might be going through a hard time. It could be as little as, you know, your friend's moving, which we all know, we hate that call that comes in 
especially the people that I have to call for because we've moved so many times, <laughs> but they see it and they're like, oh my gosh, we're not going to help her move, but maybe be that person for somebody else. It is so important to try and be there for others. Now, does that mean we're not taking care of ourselves? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we're invalidating how we're feeling? Absolutely not. But it's all perspective. It's all how we can get through to the next level, level up and see what we can do to get out of our own funk or out of our own mindset and how we can be there for others. And that will truly change your perspective. It really will. It may not change it immediately, but depending on the story that you hear that's worse than yours, I know sometimes it has changed mine immediately and it's like, whoop. I'm all done with that. I don't need to complain about that anymore. Or sometimes it's like, but you know what? I am hurting. I am hurting and I say, I, I feel, you know, yes, your situation might be worse than mine, but I, that doesn't take mine away. And that's right. We do not need to compare messy situations to each other. We do not need to compare what our feelings are to somebody else's. Absolutely not. But what we do need to see and take into consideration is it can always be worse and maybe helping that person or serving that person will actually do good for us. And that's the point, right? We're still taking care of our needs. We're still taking care of ourselves. But in the process, we're taking care of someone else's needs to a point, whatever that may look like. You don't want to help somebody move. I get it. But it, that may be a need that they need. I can't tell you how many times we have moved uh, and it has just been my husband and I, especially when my children were little, you know, have kids, they said, you'll have helpers. They said, well, yeah, that's all fine and good if they're older. But when they were little and we were moving, not so much help. I remember one of the times we moved, I was pregnant, very pregnant. And my oldest was probably seven or eight. And then my little one was probably one or two. And I'm, I'm very pregnant. And we're moving this couch and I could barely lift and move and shift. And there was just us, but somehow we managed it. And, you know, going forward as we would move again. And so I would get brave and try to ask somebody to help. And sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. Uh, when my husband and I were first together, we lived in an apartment on the third floor, had to move. And I remember there was no way we were going to make trips up and down three stories. It was just crazy. And we would literally throw our clothes, shove them into trash bags and uh, drop them over the side so we didn't have to lug them down. You do what you have to do. But if you can be there for somebody else, if you can be there to help and just change their mindset as well, that that is so impactful and so helpful. And it helps us with our own mess that we're going through. So if you have a mess, if you are sitting alone, if there is something you need to get off your chest, please reach out to me. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, I have a new link through my Instagram. You just click on the link. You can schedule an interview and we can go forward and see if you're a good fit for the podcast. It's anything that you would like that is messy. Uh, yes, we talk a lot about chronic illness on the show and that's that's my quote unquote expertise because of what I've gone through. But it, everything's messy is truly for those who need to get the mess off their chest, who want to share their story, maybe inspire others. That's what we're here for. We want to hear it. We want to help you. We want to sit with it through you. And, you know, maybe, like I said, you're like me, you're still in the middle. There's, you're not the before, you're not the after, but you, you know, or you're going through it. That is incredibly important to 
be validated in that space, right? Because as a lot of us look towards the destination, oh, I can't wait till I'm 45 pounds less. Oh, I can't wait till this happens. That's all great. And those are goals. But the journey itself, as you're going through it, is so incredibly important. And you need support along the way. So that's what we're here for. Reach out to me. My email, everythingsmessy at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and X, which was Twitter. Give me a shout. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. I want to continue to build this community to support others. I want people to share their experiences. I want people to share what they've tried for anything. And, you know, maybe somebody's searching for an answer and they see somebody else's post and, oh my gosh, they can connect and relate. And that's what I truly want for Everything's Messy. So thank you so much for listening today. And as always, my disclaimer, I am not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. Uh, Just a little joke. But seriously, uh, I'm not giving any medical advice. Do for you what you need to do and always check with your healthcare provider. So thank you for listening to Everything's Messy podcast. Hope to have you guys back next week and we'll talk to you soon. Keep it messy.